Now for something different. Now for something completely different. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of the Cuppa History Podcast was uploaded on the 25th of June, 2019. My name is RJ. I am your resident historian, and I am here with Alex, the person who doesn't know history on this exciting edition of cuppa history uh i do know history though yeah but i'm in charge this week you dumbass wow (laughs) welcome to i don't know history mixed in with a little cuppa rj flair because that's what's happening this week alex do you like video games i do cool because this week we're talking about the video game crash of 1983 sparkled in with a little bit of just general gaming history cool as well all right excellent so do you know much about the video game crash of 1983 uh probably less than i think okay based on this episode um as far as i know um it was caused by a game called (laughs) et that's the like the general belief and um uh, of it well, I know it wasn't... The, the video game industry wasn't doing particularly well. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you know why at all? You don't have to answer. Because, all this is going to be answered Is it because games were shit? Ooh, you're close. You're close. <laughs> but there is a bigger reason behind it. Okay. So, this time of the gaming industry is often called the golden age of gaming. Which time now? Uh, we are talking the, well, late 70s, early 80s. We're talking... I, I, w- I would like to rename it to the age of arcade mm-hmm. uh arcadia as as you can also call it yeah um so during this time period mattel um atari and coleco uh were making a ton of video games primarily in the arcade space Ma- so Ma- mattel mattel uh, yes the, the people that, made barbie. that pe- the company that made barbie what games did they make well, they they made the arcade machines. Barbie oh. versus Cindy, Super Showdown. Well, they probably did. Oh, that would be amazing. Of, like a Marvel vs. I'm pretty Capcom. sure if you go downstairs to my NES collection, there's plenty there made by Mattel. Um, but they, they made like a lot of machines. They made a lot of different games. Um, and the most influential games of the early 80s. Give me, give me like three influential... Pong. Uh, like early 80s. That's more 70s, but you're not wrong on, on that. Space Invaders. Um, you're close. You're close. You're talking very uh, early. Gallagher. Answer. Yes, there we go. We got you. Got you. Got one. So some of the biggest ones Space were Harry. uh Pac-Man, obviously. Um, with and uh, which is funny enough, the first video game to ever feature a cutscene. You know those every three levels you end up like getting the little da 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 la la da and it runs across the screen. Yeah, that is technically a cutscene. Oh. It's the first use of a cutscene oh, well. in a video game. Um, and also there was a sequel called Ms. Pac-Man, which improved on a lot of things of Pac-Man as well. Really? Uh, so it's just uh, the same. Pac-Man just had a bow on his head. Miss <laughs> Pac-Man There's actually a, a story in Ms. Pac-Man as well, because uh, if I remember correctly, across across them, it's like Ms. Pac-Man meets up with Mr. Pac-Man, uh, and then he's not later Mr. Pac-Man, on, he's just Pac-Man. Is Pac-Man. Because obviously the patriarchy, she can just be Pac-Man either. She has to be Miss Pac-Man. Later on in the cutscenes, they have Pac-Man Jr., who ends up getting his own game later on. Um, spoilers. So spoilers for like a forty-year-old game. So arcades, well, like the reason why it's like the age of arcades is because say like it was it was 
passing through multiple different culture barriers. Mm. So like they, they were referenced in songs. There were there were literally movies based on the idea of arcades. We're talking Tron. We are talking The Last Starfighter. War Games. We're talking those kind of films. I've uh, seen War Games. I've I've never seen it. I just I'm I'm, all, I'm aware of it as a being. You ever oh, see Tron yeah. Legacy? Uh, I did. Bad. It's not great. The music, though, fantastic, because it's Daft Punk, and you can't really go wrong. Um, so, yes, by 1982, there was an estimated uh, 24,000 arcades in the US, with 1.5 million arcade machines in the US. So Gosh, that's not just dividing amongst those arcades. It was across the whole state. So they could be in, like, corner shops, they could be in yeah, cafes, yeah. Or, or all that kind of thing. And, like, if you think per second how many quarters were going into those machines, it's it, it's insane. It's probably the first instance of DLC. People keep viewing this as the golden age, and it's like, you technically have to deal with thousands more expensive DLC back then. Of microtrans- yeah, you didn't yeah. have to pay 40, $45 for the game, though. Yeah, but how many times were you going to the arcade? Like, uh, uh, there is that question of... It was it was a very profitable industry. Like we're talking billions of dollars were mm. were being made within it. Um, so yeah, other influential hits of the early eighties were Cubit, Frogger, Burger Time, Centipede, Gallagher, as you mentioned, and Big Boy, Donkey Kong, which is um, was it Donkey Kong or was it the original what? Donkey Kong? Donkey uh, Kong is that one. Is it just called Donkey Kong? Donkey Kong. With yeah, Jumpman. Just Donkey Kong. With Jumpman, yes. Uh, b- before Mario got the name. Yes. Mario. <laughs> he, was jump- he was a man and he jumped. We'll call him Jumpman. And then later on he was called Mario. And then his brother was called Luigi Mario. And they went, which, oh, which, now which Mario, Mario is now Mario Mario. Mario. <laughs> I think they just should just lean into it. Yeah. They, they could have the- called him Mario Jumpman and made the- everything easier. I think someone goes, so you know they're called the Super Mario Brothers? That's right, yes. Does that mean Luigi's name is Luigi Mario? Yes, that's correct. So is Mario's name Mario Mario? Uh, Get out. No more questions. <laughs> <laughs> no further questions, please. So He goes back to Shigeru Miyamoto and be like, I made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when it comes to like competitive esports kind of thing, you you nowadays you think of like Dota 2, CSGO, Overwatch, there's the League of Legends scenes, Rocket League even has like a competitive scene. It's esports now. Tekken. It's, it's streamed a lot. Twitch Tekken, Tekken does, yeah. Tekken. Uh, FIFA even has one. Like Smash, it is Smash Brothers. Smash, yeah. It, it is a big scene. It is something that brings in a lot of money. Dota has like million pound million dollar kind of winning prize i remember on that oh PUBG as well national forgot about PUBG. fortnite well fortnite hasn't got one yet i believe but uh PUBG, it's not competitive as in like you can get money out of it mm. um like there are people who get big stakes kind of thing out of it so uh back then though uh back in the days of arcade it was still a thing the competitive scene was massive in the sense of people meet up and try and basically reached the kill slash screen uh, um, split screen as they were known back then um, what does that mean I will get to that uh, shortly so one person who was of influence was Billy Mitchell uh, was a- Billy Mitchell from EastEnders <laughs> No, <laughs> I understand our dynamic a bit more now. Yeah, uh, Billy Mitchell was a noteworthy uh, person who broke multiple records in the eighties and nineties. He helped with the highest score in Donkey Kong. Uh, he held the <laughs> highest know, score I've in Donkey Kong guy. for a while. Um, are you aware of the film Pixels? Yeah, yeah, at the Adam Sandler film. Yeah, Peter Dinklage is in it. 
Is he Billy Mitchell? Uh, he he is loosely based on right. Billy Mitchell. Like, the long hair, the kind of attitude that he had, it, it's loosely based. That film so, was... Well, that film was bad. I watched half of it, like, a few weeks ago, and it's not good. I can tell you it's not good. But I had a pretty good time watching it. I was there like, this is bad, and I'm fully aware it's of it. It's one of those but, films, though, isn't it? You can just be like, this is the worst film I've ever seen in my entire life. And uh, yeah. you can just be like... I shouldn't be saying this, but it's fine. No, it's bad. It's just a bad <laughs> film. Um, so no, because of my general profession, but it's okay. <laughs> it's it's not been in cinemas for four years. I think I'll yeah, it's, it. It, you're, you're pretty safe. Um, together with uh, his friend Chris uh, Ira, Chris uh, Rock, he was in that as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't know. I can't tell you. Was he in Pixels or is that Grown Ups that I'm thinking of? Might be thinking Grown Ups. It was some other horrible Adam Sandler vehicle. I, but, I know Kevin James is in it. Yeah. Yeah, like he's he, it's weird he plays he's the, the president. president I don't understand it's a weird film imagine living in a world where Kevin James is the president <laughs> we're not actually that far off really are we no I wouldn't be surprised so together with There's Chris fat Ira New York. they reached the split screen <laughs> the president ding ding <laughs> uh, so Billy Mitchell um, with his friend Chris Ira uh, they reached the split screen level of Pac-Man in the mid mid nineteen eighty three, uh, that's the final level of Pac Man. I'll explain. I've got further details. What? Hang on. What on. the fuck? I didn't really hear you. And there's a split screen level of Pac Man. There's a split screen. So it's not what you think a split screen is. Split screen back then means something very different uh, to how it means today. Oh. Right. Um, he achieved the first acknowledged highest overall score in Donkey Kong, which is eight hundred eighty six thousand and nine hundred points uh, in nineteen eighty two. He moved the record score for Ms. Pac-Man to 703,560 in January 1985. This score was not surpassed until 2001 by his friend, Chris Ira. Uh, he moved the record score to Donkey Kong Jr. to 950,700... Uh, 700, no, 957,300 in 2004. Right yes, I am fine. Um, and he moved the... Burger Time score to 7,881,050 uh, in 1984. I got a question for you. Yes. How do you high score Donkey Kong? Because it's a finite game, isn't it? This is what I'm about to get into. This is what I'm referring to when it comes to uh, kill screens. Um, right. But before I just get into that, let's talk about where Billy Mitchell ended up. Uh, he did end Wolford. up getting accused of cheating in 2018. Yes, I remember. I remember uh, that. When he was accused of using emulation for new scores instead of original hardware. Also, he tried to sue regular show for a parody of him so he's now a bigger joke he's he's but kind it's parody. of you can't sue for parody that's the whole thing uh, right? it was too too much like too on him the nose to 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 be but he failed because it's parody uh, mm. at the end of the day yeah no i definitely remember hearing something about that he's like an old guy with like a ponytail and stuff now is he oh. yeah yeah that's him uh so we're talking about high scores a sec so back then it was a competitive scene uh people were all about their big scores and activision uh, the people that made Tony Hawk Pro Skater series, um, for better and for worse, <laughs> they set up a program Whoa. where if you Pro, Tony Skater, Pro Skater Five, great game, Pro Skater One, Two, Three, Four's okay. Um, Four's good. I'm okay with it. it. It did bring down the lying down like skateboarding, and I kind of liked it. Underground One, Underground Two, um, American Wasteland is brilliant. But then you got Project Eight, and that's then when skate it happened, going down. and everyone was like, "Oh, this is what skating games should be now." I don't like skate. I really don't. Well, all right. 
Um, they took yeah. a lot of Tony Hawk's popularity, though. Anyway, please continue. So uh, their whole thing was if you sent in a picture of your high score, um, like if you'd have to beat a certain threshold, they'd send you an embroidered patch. So having these were literally like a badge of honor. Oh. So it's like, yeah, look at me. I You could go to the arcade and be like, I got a million in X game, whatever. Uh, I thought that was an actual game then, but you're just saying X, X game. Yeah, yeah. It's not the X games. We we we've moved on from skateboarding. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo very good. Did, very good. Uh, Nintendo did something similar in, um, in later years, um, where you put um, uh, they they would put your score in Nintendo Power. Steve Wozniak, funny enough, used to get massive scores in Tetris, um, where they, they on the NES, but had to stop. Uh, submitting his scores, they were like, "We can't submit you anymore," uh, because he kept doing it. He Who's was getting Steve He um, he's the co uh, co creator of Apple. He made the Apple II. Uh, he's Steve Jobs, like basically business team oh. partner. Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so what he ended up doing was making um, uh, oh, what's what's it when you jumble up a word? An anagram. Anagram. Yeah. Uh, of his name and submit it under that like, for years just to Vets keep getting in. Koviaski or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, and it's it's just great. Uh, I, I just love that you, he, he did that. Um, but yeah, when it comes to high scores, there's only so much you can do on Pac-Man. Here we go. Uh, as the game actually breaks when you reach level 256. So, oh, it's because um, it's hexadecimal coding. Yes! Congrats, man. That. That's why in like uh, all the kind of uh, in Final Fantasy and stuff, you can't get above a stat level of two hundred and fifty-five because once it goes too high, it just it, the coding just can't. Yeah, what ends up happening is the value typically goes on to the next one, but there is normally code living within that, mm-hmm. and it won't follow up on the code of previous anyway. So you just lose, it corrupts your data. So um, what it'll do in some of those games, I don't, I don't, it's probably not relevant to Pac-Man, but. Um, if you keep going over that threshold, mm-hmm. you can get into like some kind of strange negative differential. So I know you can do it in in Final Fantasy VII. This is how much I like games, right? Put some particular games. Okay. In Final Fantasy VII, there's a character called Vincent whose weapon is called the Death Penalty, and his damage is based on how many people how many people you can kill. Mm-hmm. But after it gets past a certain level, so I, I imagine you can take it past the the attack bonus power of 255, which is where the stat goes. And it goes into like negative territory, so you get like minus figures coming up, or you get very low figures coming up. But anything you hit with it will just die instantly because the game just goes doesn't just doesn't understand. Yeah, it's like what well, fuck's going on? Just yeah, that's not just, a value. Just that's kill it. It's either dead. higher or lower, so it's yeah. it's dead. Um, but yeah, to keep it simple, beyond that for people who are listening, um, the fruit in Pac-Man lives in a very specific set of eight-bit code. Mm-hmm. So uh, two five six divided by eight, like that. That's how it kind of mm-hmm. uh, let's as. As Alex said, hexadecimal. Um, and typically has a range of up to 255 before lapping off to the next code range. Uh, lapping over to the next code range on Pac-Man means that it opens that data, which isn't the data set for graphics uh, of the fruit anymore. So it loads text physically, which corrupts half the screen. And basically what is um, it, it just doesn't appear anymore. So you can't get past, you can't get higher than a certain amount of score because you need a, you need to eat a certain amount of pellets to move on to the next level. Uh, people mm-hmm. have hacked it where they go into the next level and uh, I've seen it work. Like it goes back to being normal, but I've also mm-hmm. seen hacks where it just, it keeps being corrupted uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it loads up r- wrong information, but because of its loading 256 of it, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. That's why it's basically half the screen because it's loaded two hundred fifty oh, pixels. Oh, that's why it's called a split screen. Yeah, so right. it, it it literally takes up half of the screen yeah. um, of the day because that's what it's it's funny enough loading. Um, but nearly all arcade games at this time uh, had one of these screens as they weren't intended to have an end. Uh, which at some point the the level code would break. So Donkey mm. Kong has one uh, where in Donkey Kong it basically kills Mario outright. It just they're like cool, you're just dead. But I thought you have uh, it just. Kills I thought him. Donkey Kong finished. No, you get to the final level, you beat Donkey Kong. Nope, there's no finishing level. It really? just keeps going. Oh. There's no ending to Donkey Kong. But what? Because I know. Oh, do you just start going again? You keep saving her. And then she gets kidnapped again. Oh. It's basically like Mario, now with Peach. Just bye. Sorry, your princess is in another castle. castle. Uh, Yeah, so during this time, gamers want more of a challenge. (laughs) Games with an ending instead of just passing time experiences, which you can relate to mobile today. uh, Because we we typically, there's like, oh god, what? There was Angry Birds. Like, yes, that kind of has an ending. There was Fappy Bird. Fappy Bird? Flappy Bird. Oh my god. (laughs) Fappy Bird! (laughs) Oh dear! But you know what? You know the kind of games that I'm talking about. Either uh, like uh, Pokemon Go is yeah, like yeah, you yeah. can consider that games that... that will never really finish. Yeah. Um, so the Atari Twenty Six Hundred uh, is a home console that usually have yeah, ports of arcade games. Nothing too original, but um, games like Pitfall had a quote-unquote story, or at least progression, which took twenty minutes to complete. Was the Atari Twenty Six Hundred made of wood? Yes, partly. Like, it had wood panelling, wood panelling right? yeah. Wood. Yeah, it's great. I want a wooden PlayStation 4. You can. Sony. You can make... They don't make them, if Sony don't, but you can get them custom made. Oh, God, I want one. Yeah, you can just buy... Uh, someone will make, custom make the wood panelling for a PS4, and you just take your PS4 out and then you just screw it in. Oh, sick, I want one. I could, if you do it, I could buy... I could not buy it for you, I'm not that kind. You could put it together uh, for I could put it together for you. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, Pitfall had a story uh, that would like last twenty minutes to complete, mm-hmm. uh, which is very different to other games which at one's the time. Pitfall? Pitfall's like the one where you grab onto like vines and you swing over a pit and you jump over kind of thing. You're, yeah, uh, it's it's very it it is what it is uh, kind of game. Uh, the market was super crowded at the time with lots of cheap consoles and game developers just pushing out so many games but they were all low quality well most of them were low quality um because they didn't have the resources everyone was like after making a a cheap like cheap dollar um so and you can kind of make that similarity to shovelware on the nintendo wii uh, because shovelware it's when people just shoveling out low quality crap to make a quick quick buck like the labo um I wouldn't view that because that has like a creative method behind it and it, it may not last that long, but there is still reasoning behind it. Um, what I'm talking about is Dora the Explorer's uh, Letter to Hollywood. I don't know if that's not a game. Maybe it is. I could be wrong. But it's just shovelware that is, it's, it, it means nothing. It can be yeah. like um, Cars 3, Race to Hell. Um, it It's not actual, it's not. It's marketing more than it is a game. It's not canon. Yeah, it's not canon. That's not what I mean. No, it's not what you yeah. mean. Uh, so how how much is a Nintendo Labo? Just quickly. I don't know anymore. Um, how much? Alexa, how much is a Nintendo Labo? Amazon's choice for Nintendo Labo is Nintendo Labo Variety Kit. 
It's £48.85 on Amazon. Alexa, Remember. stop. So there you are. Yo, people, what? Those Shigeru's expecting people to pay $50 or 50 quid for a box. Well, it's also the game with it as well. And yeah, I, I get where people are coming from on it, but I also think the, the idea of being creative enough to like put all this together is, is fun. Um, and I view that as more interesting than... Um, and easier to play with than like other. As, as a quick aside, RJ, I need to I need to ask you something. Yes. As a as a person who has lots of interesting, computery things. Yes. How do you feel about the Pro XDR stand? Oh my god! Uh, so for those who don't know what that is, that is uh, Apple's new Pro stand for their new Pro resolution monitors. It's a st- it's a piece of plastic. It's, it's a stand. It's it's a metal stand. It's an aluminium stand. Well, that is not worth a thousand. You can make it yourself, essentially. They're trying to charge you a thousand dollars. I get. Uh, I hate it, but I get what they're doing. I get. Well, I get why- what they're doing. It's consumer capitalism. They're just trying to make money out of idiots. Yeah, no, because they're like a lot of people want that professional kind of thing, mm-hmm. and people who are spending that money on the 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 Pro XDR the Pro- monitor with with yeah. nano texture for six thousand dollars. Yeah, it's buy kind a car. Of- well, I understand it because you actually take a look at color grading monitors and screens right. and they are 40 grand. Right. Like that color grading level, they're very expensive. Mm-hmm. So I understand, like this is actually, for I don't, I never want to say Apple is cheap, but if you're talking, you're trying to get that level of quality, mm-hmm. that monitor is cheap. Well, the, the, but the problem is Apple's not, it's not, marketing for the commercial industry it can it could, you can tell me that it is it can say oh yeah no this is this is like the pro bit for professionals i see people just fucking lugging around mac pros anyway <laughs> because they're like oh i just wanted the mac pro well the mac pro is in like the the macbook pro or the big boy well either the, MacBook, the trash bag yeah the trash the, bag the, the macbook the pro bin. and i'm like are you a professional video editor and they're like no I just use it for word processing, and I'm like, you spent like four thousand dollars on it. Yeah. So I don't care. I don't care what Apple say and what other people say about. Oh, it's only marketing the creative industry. It's not. We use it's MacBook marketing, for marketing this podcast. To, to people who want everything. They go, oh, I need the new i. The the old iPhone came out three months ago, and now the iPhone X point one is out. I must have it. <laughs> this slowly became an episode of Cup Raj. So I just fucking spunk away all my money. <laughs> Buy the new iPhone and not afford to feed my family. Fuck's sake. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, so back to back to the game. Who's industry. the CEO of who's the CEO of Apple right now? Uh Tim Apple. Tim Apple? Tim Cook? Tim Cook, yeah. Fuck you, Tim Cook. Jesus. Uh okay, yeah, so a lot of the games uh were more marketing than they were games. <laughs> right. Uh back during this time. So to give you some kind of idea of the nonsense that was taking place, are you aware who Quaker Oats are? Yeah. Yeah. They bought out a games company called US oh, Games. Oh, so simple. Uh, to make their own games. Right. Yeah. The Quaker Oat Games. Well, no, so there'd be, there was a, I can't remember the exact name of it, but there is a dog food brand out in the US that made a game, I think it's like Puppy Chow or something. And yeah, Puppy Chow. the game, you have to chase, you have to catch the dog for, to, for the dog to eat Puppy Chow or eat something, or chow. catch the Puppy Chow. It's dumb, it's a very dull game, and it's, it's just marketing. It's barely. It's well, not a game. It's okay. marketing. I want to know more about this Quaker Oat games. Um, I don't. Really you got know. any? 
Uh, all right, I can get you them. No, 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 don't, don't, de- uh, don't derail the podcast more really... than I already have. All right, so there, there are a bunch of uh, Quaker Oat games that exist. Uh, I don't know how much sponsorship ones there are, but the fact that everyone was trying to get in on this, everyone was trying to get on the video game industry is what I'm, I'm getting at. Is it so it it's was... not just Atari that were making home consoles. There was the Intellivision, the ColecoVision, there was the Odyssey, there was the BBC Micros, but the 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 console market market was clogged with so many you think that it's hard with three currently there were so many back then so the the market was thin because no one really had dominance other than atari so everyone else was like on separated on everything else whereas a lot of people had ataris but also people had personal computers in their homes so why buy a games console uh was the thing when you or when you could play a lot of games, especially because there were so many arcade ports, uh, I think Frogger has like nine different ports, which mm-hmm. is like for the IBM PCs, the BBC Micro PCs. There were uh, ColecoVision, Television, Atari. There's there's so many versions. Com- Commodore sixty four. Yes, Commodore sixty four as well. MSX. Uh, pun. MSX. I have not seen. I don't know. No. Um, I'm just trying to equate it in my head. Like, is this yeah. the same time as the Commodore 64 and all that? Oh, yeah. No, you are in the in the right region there. So, you, so, you, so you're not wrong. Um, so, uh, that, that was the thing. Computers were more like multi-purpose. So mm-hmm. even if it was just... Uh, if the fa- if your dad wanted to have a word presser and spreadsheet, they're not going to buy you an Atari when it's like, cool, I will buy you a Pac-Man for PC for mm-hmm. instance uh so it's just easy to oh yeah well, even in the, even the, the late 90s my dad did that yeah you'd be like well i've got a computer and this runs on computer let's put it on computer yeah it's only in the modern era of games where if you want to play like call of duty black ops 4 on a pc you need like the 3500 pound graphics card <laughs> probably more than that to be honest well no like computers back then still needed that kind of thing as well like not yeah. all computers could do it some needed more ram some needed more memory a lot of them did play off floppy disk rather than needing installation God, space I uh, but floppy disks and DOS. Yeah, yeah, I got to code that, not code that, but like setup.exe um, kind of nonsense. All right, um, Atari started rushing out, uh, rushing games out of the door. Instead of taking months to make uh, certain games, they would force them out in weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd always think that little little fun fact. I've written fun fact here as well. <laughs> just just a flashback to Alex last uh, last episode. Uh, you'd think Pac-Man would always be a classic but people were returning the pac-man uh the atari 2600 version of pac-man it was that bad it was a terrible port. It was terrible it was so bad people were returning it um so this is when we get into the bit that people know most about you said that about et right mm-hmm. so you think et was the thing that really set it over the edge well, i don't know no, yeah, but you said that earlier, kind of that's, thing. Like you, that's kind of what I know about this, yeah. the, the game games crash. So a lot of people do blame that kind of situation because they bought, they actually made more ET cartridges than there were consoles in the US at the time. <laughs> Out of, I think, I, be, I believe, hoping um, that this rem- this I, new amazing game would help sell. Pretty much, that was the thing because they, they made it within weeks. Uh, they they spent a lot of money on the license for ET, and they were like. We need it out by the time the film's out. You need to get it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and looking at it, there, there are bugs within the game uh, that, that were easily fixed. So I I think people view that game as the worst of the worst uh, compared to like everything else when they don't really need to. Uh, there, it, it was the whole industry that was the problem. Mm-hmm. 
So because of they bought so many of these cartridges and people weren't buying them and it was badly reviewed with E.T. keep falling in the hole as as people regularly mention, it was a case of it, it, this was like a tipping point of like, okay, Atari had to go, we have too much stock, we can't get rid of it, uh, we can't store it anywhere, we are going to buy a landfill and dump everything. Where is so that? So that was a rumour to begin with. They were like, oh my, that's, uh, they totally bought a landmine. Yeah. Landmine, uh, a landfill, uh, and dumped all the games there. Ah. And it was it was very, pretty much a rumour for, mm. for years, until a few years ago, where they actually went to the site. They found out where the site would be, and they funded a dig, mm-hmm. and found the copies of E.T., found different Atari games, and they found them. They found it's a real thing where they actually <laughs> did that, because That's it was amazing. cheaper for them to just dump them than keep them in storage, uh, which I understand. It's also very bad for the environment, but I'll let it slide. It was the 80s. People were on cocaine all the time. Uh, and making shitty games yes they so, were um what ends up happening so this is when the crash has hit mm-hmm. now we are in the crash um all the games have just been bad no one is like this is when coleco vision just died off no more games for that in television no more ga- games for that commodore 64 was mainly used at that point as a, a computer, a computer yeah. uh again uh, there were games for it, like they they do exist, but it wasn't a games. It wasn't viewed very much as a games console. I've got anymore. a quick question for you, yes. which may be it may be something you're about to talk about. Did Nintendo call it the Nintendo Entertainment System? Oh, <laughs> okay. You can, you yeah, I was literally about to get into right, this, cool. so that, that's a good segue. So the aftermath yeah. of the the video game crash of 1983 uh, was. The Nintendo Corporation mm-hmm. uh, stepped in. Uh, they fo- they changed the whole perspective. So they focused on quality and changed the image of consoles in, in the home. After the public and retailers felt the crash and didn't trust video games at the time, Nintendo made a very smart move, and yes, I'm believing this is what you're getting onto, and made the Nintendo Entertainment System. Uh, just the name itself doesn't sound anything like a video game system. Um... Uh, no Atari 2600 or ColecoVision, uh, they went very different. So the idea of a Nintendo Entertainment System sounded more interesting than a games mm. console. So uh, they salt the name, uh, salt yeah. it on, on the name. And they also brought out a toy with it called ROB, which stands for Robot Opera- Robotic Operating Buddy. Uh, it Is it was- in Smash Bros. 4? Yes, he's in a lot of Smash games. Uh, it was kind of like having an automatic friend to play with when playing a game. Only it only worked with two games, and it looked like Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Was the was the name what you were about? What you were on about just now? The NES, yeah. Yeah, they they. How do you abbreviate it? I say NES. You uh, say I, NES or, or ne- I don't say NES, say NES. I only say SNES, like for the Super I, Nintendo. I call that Super Nintendo. I say SNES. I go really I American just... when I say I go NES and Super Nintendo. Oh, I say uh, I say NES. Oh and no, SNES. Super Famicom. Super That's, Famicom. Say. <laughs> That's Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, that's kind of where we lead up to. Uh, essentially, so we we've had Nintendo take over the industry a bit more, 
bringing quality games into the home. Arcades still are doing decently well back at this point um, because they're arcades. Uh, they 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 places to go to. Obviously, the quality picks up a bit more. Mm-hmm. Sega enter the game a bit better. Well, I think that obviously um, the, the the industry crashed, so people are going to start going back to arcades. I imagine, aren't they? Yeah, uh, it, I can't find too much information on that one. Funny enough, I think arcades were more safer bet because of arcades were also in places like uh-huh. Pizza Hut and like yeah, just there were places to go rather yeah. than being at home and because of the high quality games that were that are, are still like in arcades today of like donkey kong and stuff like that there, there's already the quality there and the competitive scene was still Hatch a of thing the Dead five. uh and like nintendo brought out nintendo power for their for their consoles mm-hmm. as well they brought out they brought out flops like the nintendo power glove and stuff the like virtual that. boy the, oh, the virtual boy the oh Wii U. goodness gracious me uh, like they they've had good moments and bad moments, but they always went in with that element Skyward of like sword. this is either a toy or yeah. an entertainment system. They 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 kind of towed the line, reinvented yeah. the image, and then we kind of get closer to the games industry that we're we're used to today. So, are you aware of Sony and Nintendo's relationship prior to the PlayStation? I imagine Sony probably was a third party developer, was it? So, no. Um, Nintendo, the Super Nintendo ends up coming out, uh, yeah. at, you know, at some point. Um, 1990? I think, yeah, I think in 1990. Yes, I'm pretty sure. Yes, I'm going to say that. Uh, the Game Boy has just come out before it as well. Yeah. So, they want to make an expansion for the Super Nintendo. Uh, which uses optical discs because cartridges are expensive to make. Mm. Uh, CDs are storing more data. CDs become popular with like listening to music um, and just they're useful and less corruptive, though they mm. can be damaged by scratches. Um, so Sony ends up like agreeing to team up with them because Sony, they make, you know, the Walkman. <laughs> So they, you know, they're good at making optical drives. <laughs> I think for men to use when they walk, called the Walkman, and the station for people to play things on, called the PlayStation. I love that. <laughs> uh, so, what ends up happening here is Nintendo are like, let's team up, and PlayStation like, cool, we'll work with you on this. We'll pitch you this idea for the PlayStation, which can use CDs, and you can put your Super Nintendo no cartridge in. Uh, yeah, so. The PlayStation it was, gonna was be, originally going to be a Nintendo it was Sony be PlayStation. The Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah, pretty oh much. Oh my god. So, um, it, it, but what ends up happening, they announce literally the day they Sony are like, we're making the PlayStation with Nintendo. Like, they're making the hardware, Nintendo is supporting everything mm-hmm. on it. They have this really good team up kind of prepared. And then, like, these are two Japanese companies. The day as well. later. And literally, Nintendo the goes, day of the trade show, oh, Nintendo go, no, it's not even that. What they do is, like, hey, we're not teaming up with Sony anymore. We're going to team up with Philips, an American company. This was such a burn yeah. on Sony. They were pissed because a, a Japanese company betraying a Japanese company by going to an American competitor. Philips of the screwdriver like, fame. What? Uh, like, it, it, it was completely crazy and it burnt nintendo because what ends up happening philips and nintendo they don't really gel well uh and, and long story short philips end up coming up with a philips cdi I had one and of those. have the right you had a philips cdi yeah what i had a philips CDI. do you have it still somewhere no i don't think i don't i think my mum and dad got rid of it oh no mate that's literally a legacy piece they're, they're quite expensive now as well 
Um, Where it had the little, like the little prong. remote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's bad. It is so bad. Oh, awful! But yeah, yeah. and they, uh, Philips are the only people to ever have the license for Mario and Zelda games. So I played uh, uh, Faces the, of Evil and One of Gamelon on uh, Philips CDI. I think yeah. it was One of Gamelon. Yeah. So this is uh, One of Gam. Uh, one Gan- of Gamelon. I don't remember that one, but um, I'm not aware there are of two, that one. Two Faces of Evil and One of Gamelon. Ah, right. Okay. Uh, I might be just getting I my names crossed in my head. But um, yeah, what ends up happening there is that the deal fell through, but mm-hmm. Philip still had the license so they could make a Zelda and Mario game. <laughs> and they're bad. They're so bad. What Nintendo Mario wouldn't even they address them now. They're like, no, they don't exist. What Mario game did they make? Uh, I think it's like Hotel Mario or something like that. And it's not very good. Uh, they also made a Super Mario World game. Which is not good either. But not the Super Mario World. No, 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 no. It's like some. It's named something different. It's it's weird. Um, it might actually be named something completely different. Mario I'm just wrong. So Sony pissed off for this situation. Mm-hmm. They end up being like, "Hey, bruh, um, we're not going to deal with the video games industry anymore. Screw that." And then someone goes, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna work on this, and pitch this, and go. We can do this." And it, it was like an act of defiance. It was like, you screwed me over. We own the rights to the phrase PlayStation. We've already announced this. Let's do this. And then they come out with the amazing system of 1994, the PlayStation. And we're going to make it play CDs. Yes. Which is way easier for third-party developers to yeah. make games for. Nintendo end up releasing a few years after that, the Nintendo 64, which is... Um, you know, a 64-bit kind mm-hmm. of um, games console compared to the 32-bit of the... I was going to say with PlayStation 32-bit. PlayStation, yeah. What about the Atari Jaguar, the world's first 64-bit console? Oh, that's 64-bit. <laughs> Came out in 1995. Yeah, so um, what ends up happening there is Nintendo still aren't on disc. They're still mm. using cartridge, and they're being stubborn, and their games cost more. And Sony owned not owned the market at the time but sega had a competitor there at mm-hmm. this point then not just in nintendo because there was the whole marketing campaign of um we do what nintendo don't um, i've got a couple of questions for you okay shoot one it was nintendo wii that started regular discs right uh no gamecube oh regular they discs? Have, they have uh, discs. kind of so uh, the GameCube can use normal CDs, but it just doesn't fit them. So if you modify the CD, you can use them. Right. That wasn't actually one of the questions I had. Were Nintendo games more expensive because it was harder to develop for cartridge? Uh, yes. So obviously that labor cost has to be included in the price. Yeah. And also okay. the, the chips themselves, it, oh, the whole thing cost mm. a lot more. Because like, yeah, yeah. if, if the console couldn't do it, they would supply extra support on the Nintendo um because they've themselves. got like gold in them and stuff those circuit boards and mm. cartridge chips yeah like ch- cartridges are not cheap um, and it's quite strange that sw- for the Nintendo Switch they've kind of gone back but I understand it because they're like they want a physical media that is quick and easy to use I have one more question yes did Sega use cartridges at any point Sega used cartridges on the like all the way through pretty much other than the Dreamcast so uh, from the Master System, the Mega Drive, the well, the Sega CDI is a, well, not CDI. The Sega CD is a thing, but that attaches. That was, that's, to, that was my um, question. That's an add-on for the the Genesis, ye, which is yes, the, the Mega Master, Drive. The Mega Drive in this yeah. country. Uh, and then after that is oh, what was after? 
uh, what was after Mega Drive? They made the Saturn. Saturn, thank you. Then that CD, which based. may have been called something else in America. Um, no, I think it's Saturn in America as well. I think it's Mega Drive and Genesis that, that have the two different names. I think you're right. Uh, which is why the Sonic trailer doesn't make sense in the UK because it's like everyone has a Genesis, and it's like, no, we have a Mega Drive. Yeah, we have a Mega Drive. Right? <laughs> uh, and then after that it was the Dreamcast, which was not Sega had always been dabbling in, in with the internet, so they were the first ones to make SegaNet. Uh, they I were remember. The connector, and that was back in '92. Uh, kind of thing where you could um, it, it was kind of like teletext uh, mm. kind of formatting on there and then um, like Nintendo did something similar with like uh, Nintendo Satellite where you could like download games onto a downloadable cartridge mm-hmm. like you can change games kind of thing you can check lot of numbers uh, on like basically like teletext again like CFAX yes where did where did Atari end up Atari kind of crashed and burned I know they after made the, the Jaguar, Jaguar. Uh, they they couldn't really support it anymore. They also made a handheld called the Lynx. They're very much Ooh. a forgotten element, basically, by yeah, the yeah, 90s. Yeah. They tried and failed, and then Sega were kind of like an after burnout from that. So mm-hmm. they tried the, the Dreamcast, and they, they, they put in a 56K modem. It supported Windows CE, uh, and it was all kind of a bit of a mess uh, for them in the end because they just couldn't compete with uh, Nintendo and Sony. Um and Sega decided we're not going to do hardware anymore. We're just going to do software. And they they end up porting a lot of their games to the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, no, yeah. So Sega and Nintendo have a healthier relationship now because the, uh, Sega are making software for them. And you've seen say, like Sonic is now in, a, in the Smash games um, as well as um, the Mario and Sonic Olympic Games mm-hmm. like series. Sonic. Oh, dear. <laughs> And it's all it, it, they have a better relationship than they did back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and going back into the nineties, so, so this is when we get three D as well. This isn't um, we get three D more on PlayStation first. Mm-hmm. Super Nintendo could do some three D, but it's very definitely early three D. Star Fox, uh, Lilac Wars, yeah, is that yeah. That? Um, what is it? Star Wing in the UK is what Star Fox like the first. I don't know thing if you say is. so. And something I know what you're on about though. Um, I think that was a sequel. I don't. I can't fully remember. Star Wars sixty four. Star Wing sixty four maybe. Then after Dreamcast leaves, well, the Sega leaves the industry. Microsoft enter into the ring with the Xbox, named after the Direct X engine for Windows. That's what it is, is it? Yeah. Oh, Um, blimey. So they were like, it's a box that deals with Direct X engine. So it's the the Xbox. Xbox. Is that the fourth generation of consoles? I th- believe so. Yes, because I think... The third generation is PlayStation, N64, Sega... Yes, so we're Gen- on fourth. I, I, I think, think of it as a Genesis, but it's the master, ma- uh, Mega Drive in this country, right? Yeah. Um, and then the Jaguar and the Omega 64. Yeah. Uh, so not, not that's when the... Uh, Sega even end up helping Xbox with the internet, the Xbox Live element of the Xbox as well. They have a, they have a good relationship in in making the console, mm-hmm. which I'm surprised didn't sour with Nintendo. That was such a killer um, Xbox Live, but I don't know why the Xbox didn't do nearly as well as the PlayStation Two. It's the pro- I, I believe it's the price and also power. So what we've seen every generation is the most powerful doesn't mean the most sold. So we can take a look at is a PS, PSP versus DS. DS sold massively. Uh-huh. We PS3, Xbox 360, we outsold them all. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we can take a look at this generation. PS4 is outselling Xbox and Switch, but uh, not by much compared to Xbox. Uh, but the PS4 is weaker than, say, like the Xbox One X. On average, depending on the game, it doesn't really. Oh, mm-hmm. it, it's hit and miss. On, on it them. doesn't help that the Switch came out like three years after them both. Yeah, I, I get that. But also at the same time, the Switch isn't powerful enough. Like, it is doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, and like. It, it sold out quite a, quite a lot, but I also view it as a console now that people, not as many people are into. I think Nintendo have a, 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 a I think after the Wii U got hit a bit, um, and also they don't support because it's a handheld. It doesn't support as many mm-hmm. games uh, because it's not as powerful enough. And you, you, hardcore gamers live elsewhere. Do you um, think it's it's Nintendo fan, people who buy the Switch are fans of the IP, the IPs that they own rather yeah. than. Because I'm, I'm gonna, gonna buy get, a game console, I'm literally I'll gonna a buy Switch. a Switch. I bought a 3DS because the new Pokemon game came out, um, which was X and Y at the time. I bought um, a Wii U because the Zelda game was coming out for it, and I bought, I didn't know it was gonna be on Switch. Uh, Skyward Sword? No, uh, Breath of the Wild. I bought a Wii U. Oh right, you um, bought Breath of the Wild. Yeah, 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 and I have it on the Wii U as well because I didn't want to buy a Switch just for Breath of the Wild when mm-hmm. it's on on this as well. Um, and I will get a like if they make the new Switch, I will get one when the new Pokemon games come out mm-hmm. and the new Animal Crossing games come out, um, and I'll get Smash for it as well. Pokemon I'm I, with Nintendo. Nintendo. I wait until a nice collection's there before I buy into them, um, which is just me. So at this period of time now, uh, the internet is becoming quite. What rough well, sort of um, year ta- are we talking? We're talking, I would say, 2002, 2003. Okay. PC gaming is a different kettle of fish. You've got Counter-Strike over there. Uh, you've got Doom. You've got Quake. Uh, they, they're very much more hardcore, and internet gaming is a lot more prevalent because of forums and stuff like that. They they are more hardcore uh, compared to console gaming mm-hmm. and home uh, just home stuff. Uh, so... Th- internet at this time so xbox live was a very big thing but it wasn't as popular as say like xbox live on the 360 Mm -hmm. was um and the ps2 did have network capabilities but you had to plug it into the back of the ps2 with this big like the thick ps2s had to have this network connectivity like an extra port plugged into it um and a hard drive for it as well uh i think it was like yeah i remember 40 gigabytes uh and it's not the best um I think I have memory sticks that are bigger than that now. <laughs> and with that, it, it was like, it, it played games like Final Fantasy Eleven, I believe, which last year got cancelled, uh, if I remember correctly. They finally yeah, cut support that, that for it last the, year. PlayStation 2, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I think really, is they closed down the eleven servers. Yeah, oh, on PS2 I... only on PS2. Oh really? But so I think that's because they remastered the game. So it's like, if you want to play this game, oh, what's it called? Do it on new yeah, technology. Yeah, yeah. It's called like something age, Zodiac Age. That's, that's the one. That's Final Fantasy Twelve. Oh, I don't yeah. know then. I know people have been playing Final Fantasy Eleven for like fourteen years. But it's still available on PC. Fourteen like, years. Yeah, it's a still uh, going. World of Warcraft. You can take a look yeah, at that. True. That's like, true. As long as you, as long as you have a dedicated enough fan base, I think um, everything's fine. Which is what I mean by you get you get your hardcore players. Um, and you typically get those more on internet kind of stuff and it's like your underground kind of thing. The more kind of niche you get, mm-hmm. the more hardcore people go on stuff. Um, and you can look at anything for that. Because like Dungeons and Dragons has been going for 
decades and it has, still has hardcore right? hardcore bases on on that um now we're getting into more ps3 kind of territory like mm-hmm. the ps2 did massively um like to revolutionize everything you, you you've had your gta games come out 3d is doing super well why do you think that is by the way well, why did the playstation why do why does one console always do better than the other ones well it depends on specifically what what it comes out at the time mm-hmm. so ps2 i believe came out first and that had dvd support compared to the gamecube which didn't have dvd support you could get films though couldn't you hmm? you could get films on gamecube though couldn't you i think so but they were on but this small disc yeah, yeah. and they, they weren't very good um i think and also the output is is different as well you could get remotes for ps2 i think after showing off how great the ps1 was they had mm-hmm. a very good brand behind them and the gamecube looks like a toy and we're no longer in that era where you need to persuade people um video games are bad people love video games mm-hmm. now it, it, it's been proven people love video games at this point but nintendo still went with the gamecube and made um it's a great game but the style can put people off and that was wind waker it's a very toonish kind of looking game yeah yeah and then they had to correct that with twilight princess which is also an amazing game um and you can take a look during that period of time where it's like ps2 did better because it was cheaper than the xbox mm-hmm. uh, it had dvd player in it and they've proved it was backwards compatible as well so you could play your ps1 games on it as well mm. so but you can't do that with the game so the xbox didn't Nintendo have anything 64. to be back or compatible to did it no because it was the first thing and also being the first product in the market at the time with uh, the only offer that you had was internet and mm-hmm. internet wasn't really that important back no, then. no and i think this is um, early, early 2000s yeah not everyone had broadband yeah like it it it's not even like you needed that much of a connection availability mm. but it, it it was still it's still going to be a hindrance uh the indie rise kind of comes with the xbox 360 and ps3 as well as uh first person shooters mm-hmm. so at this period of time everyone's playing call of duty modern warfare everyone's you're like really super getting into the xbox arcade which has starting to get a lot of indie titles on it like super meat boy uh, and stuff like that and you, you it becomes a lot more you you split and into another market you hardcore mm-hmm. fps players uh which raises again because say like you've had counter-strike on pc and now you've got on consoles fps is kind of really kicking off a bit more mm-hmm. um having people in schools just being like have you played the new call of duty game every other year uh, I, th- I think it was every other year I think at the it's time. Every year now, isn't it? I think it's every year now. But I think back then they've got, it was every sev- other they got year. Sev- several franchises. They got Ghosts. They got Black Ops. They got Modern yeah. Warfare. Uh, the new Call of Duty game is called Call of Duty Modern Warfare. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I've played that. <laughs> com- com- completed it, mate. Yeah. What's the point? <laughs> completed um, it, mate. And then, so I'm trying to think, Halo does uh, phenomenal. Like for for Microsoft, Microsoft is a big contender. The 360 kind of wins. Mm. Uh, out of the two boys like the Wii wins yes. overall sales because basically everyone owns a Wii but out of the two boys two pro- uh, proper games consoles let's yeah, call it because the Wii was kind of gimmicky a little yeah, bit yeah I said earlier on in the podcast uh, like shovelware was on that system yeah, yeah, yeah. so you kind of end up with this these two are the main hardcore competitors mm-hmm. uh, whereas the Wii is a children's kind of console yeah. which is the first time that i would say after the gamecube nintendo kind of became synonymous with family friendly kids toy 
kind of thing. Obviously, they did it with the the NES, but that was to get people in. And they've always had this family friendly thing of like yeah, Street Fighter won't have blood in it. The for, Game Boy, for this one. As well, like um, but this is the first time they've really been separate. Because like yeah. the Nintendo sixty four had um, Goldfinger and Perfect Gold Dark, Knight. Goldeneye. Thank you. I was like, oh. um. Yeah, so there there were moments of set up with the Nintendo sixty four that I would say follow more suit of like mm-hmm. the Xbox in certain games, um, and it's more towards the two thousand tens kind of region we're getting now. PC gaming really picks up uh, again. Mm-hmm. So with Steam becoming a thing where you can go into the market and buy buy different games by a ray of developers, indie games, AAA titles. Um, and they have Steam sales and PCs like and laptops. Laptops have just come down massively in price, um, and PCs are like are their PCs. More people are having them in their homes. Um, kids are getting more access to them because they want their own ones at this time. Mm-hmm. Minecraft become massively popular in two thousand and nine and two thousand and ten. Things really kick off a PC. Mm-hmm. And over the years, we end up getting stuff like Overwatch and CS:GO. Being TF2, the one. Uh, Portal. Uh, TF2, TF2 was one. Of, I got I got back into gaming again because I played um, San Andreas on PC. Like I was playing, yeah. I was playing Vice City and San Andreas on console, and then I got San Andreas well, they, on PC to play to multiplayer mod. And um, so I end up like getting into Portal. After a few years, I took a few years out after school because I got very addicted to San Andreas multiplayer to the point where I was up all night and fell asleep in my science class the next day. Uh, and I will never forget that. True story. Uh, it's a very true story. Um, and beyond that, I said like, I got back to Portal 2. Um, and this is when things really change, I would say, in the PC space because there's so many different games out there that really suit different people. Uh, and the average gamer age at this point now is you're talking i believe it's 32 uh around that kind of demographic so that's the average age mm-hmm. that includes everyone so we really get you're really understanding how the gaming industry has changed uh across everything so mm-hmm. every there is a niche for everything uh mobile gaming rises because smartphones have become a thing since apple released the iphone um android are a competitor to them shovelware on the app stores become a problem like we've all seen on our app stores like really spammy scammy games that are bad like what um well raid uh, shadow legends it's just all those like to be honest i still think what do i constantly see it's like tank wars or something world of tanks world of tanks i'm like i don't care get out Shoe. Well, but apparently tanks. that makes millions of pounds. Well, tanks is a legit game, though. Yeah, no, I get it. But, like, the adverts are all the same for uh-huh. them, and it's it's just like, I don't want none of that. Um, I'm going to take a step back now, because we, we are more to where we are currently mm-hmm. with, say, like, all, all our current consoles. But I want to mention about Blu-ray versus HD DVD. Do you know much about that? No. Almost nothing. So, do you know? I know what those two things are. Yeah. So one is blue and the other is red. (laughs) So. um, Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa, What red? Yeah, the HD DVD was red. Like had a red case. It had like, like a red disc backing on some of them, like how the PS One disc looked, but it was red. 
Oh, in that case, no, I don't know what that is. Okay. That's fine. Well, no, it was HD DVD. Yeah. So it, it was, not a lot of people had them. So, uh, and it, HD DVD, like the, the whole idea was at this period of time, you needed to get in with the big six. And the big six are Universal Studios, Paramount Pictures, Warner Brothers, uh, Sony, Walt Disney Studios, and the 20th, and 20th Century Fox. Uh HD DVD was its like own thing. Like I, th- I believe it was Toshiba that were trying to really hit home this this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. They made the technology back in like two thousand, like ninety eight to two thousand and two. They were trialing it out. DVD had just starting to really pick up during this period mm-hmm. of time. So as time was progressing, it was like okay, now to release the new player, um, they HD DVD ended up getting Universal Studios, Paramount Pictures, and Warner Brothers to supply HD DVDs. Uh, some of them kind of dip their toe into Blu-ray, like we're going to support both uh, as time goes on. And then um, Blu-ray had Sony Pictures, Walt Disney Studios, and 20th Century Fox. Sony Pictures is a very interesting one here Mm -hmm. because the Blu-ray was made by a bunch of different companies. Uh, One of them being Sony. Yes. They helped in the creation of Blu-ray. So... They're instantly going to get Blu-ray pictures. They're, they're already ahead of the game uh, by the time the Blu-ray mm-hmm. comes out because they already have one of these studios. Uh, it's not hard to persuade Disney and Fox in on those because they have very good ties with them. Um, so they're taking over the industry quite quickly and the others start to crumble because they're like, we're going to supply for both. And then eventually the game has been won. HD DVD back off because I believe I do I think it's Paramount Pictures that uh or, no it's Universal. One of, oh I nearly dropped my drink. Um one of them uh states that they will supply all their movies other than Steven Spielberg directed films. Oh. Uh, and I'm guessing that's probably something to do with Steven Spielberg himself going, No, I I support Team Blue. <laughs> uh No, and- the, the the game of my film caused the stuff caused the game. <laughs> video games crash 30 years ago i'm staying out of it yeah well, i think, so, I think I, the ps3 has something very important to do with this most because, blu-ray capability yeah so the xbox 360 comes out and they don't support hd dvd right off mm-hmm. you have to get an external hd dvd player for it so microsoft do support it uh but just later but if you're going to yeah. do that you may as well just buy an external hd dvd player and just yeah. plug it into the wall yeah so Beyond that, then, it was like, Sony are like, we support Blu-ray. Uh, so people end up buying PS3s so they can play video games and watch Blu-ray films. So they've already got a niche market there. Sony take a massive hit on the console themselves because they know, number one, they get money back for every Blu-ray sold mm-hmm. because they get money from that, as well as they get money back from their games that they sell because of the licensing and stuff like oh, is that. Oh, is that so, why they charge so much for the PlayStation 3? Because I remember the PlayStation 3 was... Ex- originally, they charged so expensive. much because they wanted to make the money back on the console. Yeah. But they took a massive hit because it was like, well, if I sell this... It's like cheap printers. Mm-hmm. You sell your print of a 20 quid and then make all the ink 40 quid. You You saw it. You absolutely saw it. I think It's that law. It might even be more, more that people... People want to watch DVDs and play uh, Blu-rays and watch... What am I trying to say? People want to watch Blu-rays and play games, so they buy a PlayStation 3. It, it might They might have even reverse-engineered that, so you can watch Blu-rays on a PlayStation 3, so people are going to. 
you know you've yeah. already got a built-in blu-ray player there like i know for a fact i've never owned a blu-ray player except for a playstation 3 and a PlayStation i've never 4. owned a blu-ray player I, own, I, yeah. I i only started buying blu-rays and i, I wasn't really interested in blu-rays because i i did like the idea of better quality films mm-hmm. but i only started doing that when i bought my first ps3 in 2012 Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, now I'm going to buy all my favorite films on Blu-ray because I want them in high quality. I do, I've, haven't bought a DVD in years. The last DVD I bought was the Goofy movie because if I spent £2 more on the Disney Store website, I had free postage. And the postage was like £8. And the Goofy movie was £2. <laughs> so I was like, I'm saving money and getting the Goofy movie. I'm. This is fine. I'm more than happy. And they were sold out on the Goofy movie on Blu-ray. The Goofy movie sucks. What? If we listen to each other's hearts, we'll we never too far apart. And maybe love is the reason why for the first time ever we see it in our eyes. Destroying my podcast. I am. (laughs) I just Goofy in general. He sucks. Alright, I feel like this is a great time to end this podcast because I'm actually very mad at Alex now. <laughs> that was... Oh, how dare you step in what? here and say that to me. Goofy's a slave driver. I'm going to ignore you. He is. He owns a dog. And he is he a dog. He doesn't own a dog. He does. He, he doesn't. Owns, he walks Pluto in multiple... Mickey multiple. owns Pluto. Yeah, but Goofy enables that. You're disgusting. Alex, I'm, you're disgusting. I'm not disgusting. Um, Goofy is disgusting. That, I would say select the Game Boy was a massive change in the industry as yep. well um, because they made gaming handheld. Um, Sorry, so. I just realised I said yep. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing me. Yeah, I know. So uh, yeah, the game. You can take a look at the progression of the Game Boy. So it was the Game Boy in uh, in the late '80s. Then the Game Boy Color was to like refresh it and mm-hmm. enable color display as well as make it more battery friendly because you Boy go Vance. from four. Uh, double A's and then the Game Boy Advance um, that took a while so the Game Boy Color was like a step in between because they weren't they, the, the Game Boy Advance was already planned for by the time the Color came out oh really uh, it was before that they were like oh, we're ready for this we want SNES quality on a handheld uh, and they weren't ready for it so they were like we need something though because our competitors are like stepping in the ring and we need to kind of like refresh ourselves mm. which is why they brought the Color ones out um and it was great. It was. Oh, I only owned a color. I never owned an original Game Boy. Um, and then in like 2002, I think it was, the Advance came out, and that basically constantly throughout, they never had a competitor until the PSP came out, which was a competitor to the DS. Yeah. Uh, I really like the PSP. I think yeah. it's very underrated as a console. I think the software was always the problem. It's got Crisis uh, Core PSP. Final Fantasy Seven. That's it. Um, Birth by Sleep, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, it's very good for emulation uh, you and your as well. Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> no, but honestly, that game is amazing. Uh, it's got uh, um, oh my god, why can't I say that name? Um, Damacy. Oh my god. Who? Hang on, hang on. I I need to Google this because this is gonna annoy me. Uh, Katamari Damacy. Uh, that game, it's not that specific game, but there's a PSP version of that game, and it's great. It's it's the game we, where you're a little ball and you Calamari. roll up all the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's oh, but what's it called in in Britain? We uh, what? It's not Katamari Damacy. Is yeah, it? for PS2, oh, okay. that one is. Uh, what's We Love Katamari? That is going to be uh, that potentially might be the PSP one. That is that's like a refresher of Katamari that wasn't originally available in 
uh, Britain and America, I think. Oh, right. I think it was like the original Katamari. The Katamari games. They're so much fun. Uh, Oh, Wheel of Katamari is a PS2 game as well. Yeah. So there we are. Oh, I've played Beautiful Katamari and that's so much fun too. I just, it's very fun and weird Mm. and Japanese. It's just nice. Yeah. Uh, And then, yeah, they, they, they drop the Game Boy kind of branding swap to nintendo ds and we're still on 3ds now and we're swapping dual over to screen. switch yeah dual screen that's what that stands for yeah i feel like this is a nice place to end it that has been kind of the history of the video game crash of 1983 as well as leaping by bound of by decade of the gaming industry I have as well a question for you, Audrey. yes what do you think is next what do I think is next um we've seen stuff with vr unless i think what they need to do is make something that can maybe something switch like if you're going to do vr i don't think it's going to be done as a separate thing where you have to plug in mm-hmm. i think it needs to be either bluetooth wireless uh with a phone to act as the screen and a main hub as as the main thing because i have been looking at getting a playstation vr i think vr may not be the future of gaming mm-hmm. but i think there might be something within that I'd like uh, to- for it um Beyond that, I can't fully tell because we go through different phases. Um, mobile, I think, might end up having a die-off or a massive boost, it, depending on the hardware um, capabilities because mobile is doing better and better. E3, they keep pushing out mobile games and people keep saying, oh, we don't want it, but they sell I mean, they incredibly do, well. This isn't for like the hardcore gamers, but once again, we have seen niche niche markets do incredibly well in the video game industry because they there's there is a need there for it i do think we will end up having a similar situation to the atari uh, crash where games just are done that they want we want good games on mobile um and we'll see that kind of no more spam kind of thing uh on mobile we'll see more quality games as time goes on uh, but still have like the the, the the weird bits. I think console gaming will have a massive change to a mixture of cloud gaming as well as because there's Google Stadia is coming out. I don't believe that's going to work. What's cloud gaming? Uh, cloud gaming is where you don't actually own the hardware. Uh, you use a service. Do you remember OnLive? Uh, no. Okay, no, it was back in like 2012. That one was. Uh, so I have a very expensive PC that yes. can game brilliantly but instead of having that you own like probably a little box where you connect up to the google servers and you can play in 4k all this jazz but you pay a monthly fee of like 9.99 and then you buy the games as well and you just stream but xbox are releasing for the next console uh, which is currently called project scarlet um where they're offering you can do cloud gaming uh to sell like your devices on your phone so you can have proper experiences on your phone um or you can use your Xbox uh, Scarlet um, to stream directly. So you don't have to pay Microsoft Xbox to do it. Two. So you can stream your own games from your house with your internet to mm. your 4G device. I think gaming will go everywhere. I think we will see more powerful games on mobile and on the go, as well as on our TVs and stuff. Um, because And potentially consoles becoming very similar to PCs, not in absolute quality gpu kind of processors Mm -hmm. but i think they're going to be more modifiable in the sense of like i want to upgrade my xbox scarlet okay get scarlet processor 2 and you swap it like lego see you're an optimist 
I'm a pessimist. You think we're going to have another crash? No. What I think is, you, you could say you don't even own hardware. I reckon it might go to the point, the, the other point. You don't even own software. Every, no, I, every, that's going to be the case as well. Everything is free to play. Oh. But it's, the world is ruled by microtransactions. I don't think on, we will get a lot of you know? free to play, but I think as we've seen with a lot of stuff now, like Fortnite does so well because of say like you get to choose whether or not you want to pay for for the stuff well, it, within it, Fortnite. It depends. It depends and... where the games industry, the third party industry goes to. Whether it's they just keep going. They, they obviously make a lot of money off these like loot boxes and stuff like that. This whole loot box mm-hmm. controversy in like twenty seventeen and stuff. If they just push forward and go fuck the fans. And just keep just keep pushing for, or if some of them actually go, you know, people don't want microtransactions anymore, and they go back the other way. Like I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how how mercenary the games industry might end up being. I I think you you've got a point there. I'll say like ownership, uh, mm-hmm. but I disagree with the free to play kind of element um, because I think the more we see people do it well, the more interesting that it gets. So say like Apex Legends, Fortnite, they're doing it well. Uh, because you get the choice. It's like Patreon. Uh, people use Patreon. Someone else is essentially paying for you to enjoy this content because they can, uh, whereas you may not want to or care. So uh, I think we Donate will to see our a Patreon. lot of <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash podmage. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we will. What I am worried about is like stuff like DRM. So Steam is a problem on this because if Steam ever goes down, never returns, I've paid a lot of money to Steam to download the games from their servers. This is why I'm worried that physical media will just completely drop out, whereas I like having my games physically because no matter what, even if my PS4 craps out and I can't use the updates anymore, I still have the original version of the game that I can play off my own fruition. no matter what happens. The internet could die. It could be the apocalypse. But I can still play Kingdom Hearts 2. With all that electricity you've got. Might still be like, I, I can use a hand crank to play Kingdom Hearts 2. <laughs> I'll use my foot while I beat Xehanort. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think it's hard to predict because it can go anywhere. We the, the video game industry has been around for a while, but I don't think long enough with this internet technology change to prove anything yet. Mm. But that is just... An episode of I Don't Know History. We're talking about history, not the future. Um, thank you very much it's for... a little different. Mm, I don't know that one. I didn't ask you, Amazon. <sighs> thank that you very much weird. for listening to another episode of Cuppa History. No, stop it. You hate this, don't you? I, I don't like Cuppa History. <laughs> it's I Don't Know History. <laughs> thank you for listening I've to this episode. Hard. You oh. and I have worked hard to create this brand. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to this episode of I Don't Know History, hosted by me, RJ Davis. Did you learn a little bit of history today, Alex? I did. Oh, that's great. Uh, what name, name me three games from the 80s that were influential. Well, Gallagher? Yes. Oh, it's not fun when it's the other way around, is it, Alex? Hang on. It's arcade games, isn't it? Yeah. Donkey Kong. Yes. And, uh... Pac-Man. There we go. And what what was the first thing Pac-Man ever brought to the industry? Cutscenes. There we go. Congrats, Alex. Keep going. I can do more. <laughs> um, what console took Sega out of the market? 
how do you mean what was there what what was their final console dreamcast cool uh and what no you already like that one's obvious now because you were so surprised i was gonna ask who did nintendo partner with in the 90s sony yes and who did they betray them for oh there we go i'll give you a hint it's screwdriver Phillips. There we go. All right. Thank you once again. Uh, Yes, this episode of I Don't Know History was brought to you by Rogan Bard. If you like playing Dungeons & Dragons, go to roganbard.com and get yourself an A5 character booklet, uh, which fits up to four characters within it. Uh, It's high quality, made with high quality paper, saves some space at the table because it's A5 instead of your normal A4 character sheets. They're very nice and high quality. They are very nice. I love using them. Alex has a copy, I have a copy, and they're very, very nice. I love them so much. I have a fancy prototype one. Only like, probably like a dozen in existence. Yeah, I think so. So... Yeah. I'm I'm just going to frame that one when you're you're a millionaire. (laughs) There's two framed in the corner over there. (laughs) When you're a millionaire, I'm going to be like, I have one. And I'll put it on, the, put it on the eBay and I'll sell it for like a billion pounds. Yeah. Like uh, make sure that you follow us on social at Podmage uh, and tweet at us if you want us to do a certain episode about history. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I have been your historian, RJ Davis. And this has been my student, Alex. Part-time student, full-time historian. <laughs> Bye. Bye. This episode of I Don't Know History was brought to you by Podmage.com, a different kind of casting. Written by Alex Sakili and produced by RJ Davis. The theme song is Out Orbit by Revolution Void, licensed under Creative Commons Zero.